This is Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy S. Gary, and today's guest is Amber Tolliver. Thank you for being here. <laughs> of course, you're welcome. Uh, before we get going, I just want to give a little shout out to Bams, who's behind the scenes, because every time we do a show, before I show up, he's got something improved, and now he's got this awesome new table here. We can face each other, and uh, he's made this table. How long did it take you to make this table, Bams? About a week and a half. A oh, week wow. and a half? You know, Mike by you right now or not? Oh, so they can hear you? Okay, making sure, because I don't want people to miss your lovely voice. Um, so back to the topic at hand, Amber. I've known Amber uh, for five years now, something like that. We'll go with that, because anything more than that will age us both. Uh, <laughs> me. How did we meet, Amber? I want you to tell this story. <laughs> You're such I was an such, ass. I was such a... You just nice uh, you were such a lovely human. Um, yeah, I was having a very stressful day, and you know, I went over to a friend of mine, and <laughs> mm-hmm. here comes Jeremy just talking shit out of left field. Wait, what was I saying? Do that, you want to share that? That, sh- that, she, that you didn't approve. No. Okay. <laughs> she was doing something. She, we're not going to talk about what she was doing. Nothing. Crazy. I was I was requesting a cigarette that okay. I should not have been having. She's not uh, a smoker. I'm not a smoker. You're, you're, to your credit, I know you're very healthy. Your 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 health is definitely a priority, right? Absolutely but a priority. But I was having reason, a very very rough day. You you asked for a cigarette, and I didn't know you. I'd I'd seen you around. We had we were like hello terms, uh, <laughs> but I gave you so much help for it. I like. And, like, you didn't even know me at all. Nope. So here you come just berating me on the health factors and how I shouldn't be doing Absolutely. it. And what it made me and look like. Mad at me. Which actually, I think it was the point where you were like, oh, it doesn't look good. Where I was just like, who are you? <laughs> and why I do I care? my uh, services, my advice for you. You're, you volunteered your advice, your opinion, mm-hmm. which nobody asked for. No, but you're going to get um, it. Yeah, that sounds like Jeremy, all right. Yeah, yeah, right, right? Like, I was like, I'm sorry, who are you? By the way, when you arrived and your usual sarcastic self, we expect it, love that about you. And then there's Bams. Uh, I knew I was in trouble for this interview. <laughs> this is going to be great at my expense. Yes. So I'm all for it, though. Let's do it. You're Bring welcome. it on, Bams. Bring it on, Amber. You're, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so let's start off. Uh, we want to know where, a little bit about your, your background, your history, where you're from. The whole point of this interview series is to tell uh, people your story. You've been a great pivotal part of Outsiders because you, you were there from the beginning. Um, you, partake, you partook in some of our early on bike rides or rockway rides and you were more than happy to share post stuff when I asked you, hey, can you please post something? We have a sponsor <laughs> and be happy and you did and I really appreciate it yeah. sincerely. Um, but let's start. Where are you from? I am from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, just outside of Chicago to be specific. Uh, yeah, grew up out there. I was actually born on the East Coast, though. So I was born in New Haven, Connecticut. For <laughs> That's funny because every time I, I interview somebody, I, I know I, I, can, I say I know you pretty well. I feel yeah. that way. I always learn new facts. I had no idea you were born in Connecticut. I was born in Connecticut. I always joke that I was it's the closest I'll ever get to an Ivy League school. I went to uh, <laughs> Yale daycare. <laughs> really? It was all downhill from there. All right? downhill from there. It's like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, m- uh, my parents moved us to um, the Burbs in Chicago just uh, when I was about two. What brought them to Chicago? 
My mom's sanity, I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, is it like family in Chicago or something? Um, my uncle is in Chicago, um, but back then it was mainly because uh, my mom's best friend at the time, I guess, basically said, oh, it's great here. The school systems are incredible. And my mom was profoundly miserable in <laughs> Connecticut. So what, she was, what was so terrible about Connecticut? Um, just, I mean, have you been there? Yeah, but I feel like it's a big state. Right? It's a so big state. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Um, I, I want to say, it, you know, she just kind of, I guess, felt a bit like an outsider. Um, didn't, uh, didn't. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask you to do but that. But not, not, in, not in a good way. Um, gotcha. My dad was traveling internationally um, for a significant portion of my childhood. So it was her and... Um, two kids at ha at the house, and so I guess she just felt like she wanted more of a support system. What was your dad traveling for? Um, you, oh, for work, I'm assuming. But what yeah. you for? Yeah. So my dad was a uh, mechanical engineer. Um, he headed up a number of um, projects. He was a project lead on a bunch of MRI installations. Um, so he was traveling to. Japan, Siberia, London, oh. France, nice. Germany, um, when I was a little girl. And so he was overseeing the installation of these ginormous magnets for the MRI machines on all of these new projects for hospitals internationally. Right. And where are your parents from? Um, Cleveland. Both of them? Both of them. And what's their like, ethnic background? Um, so my dad was African-American and um, like because of their Southern roots, also uh, Native American. And then my mom, her family is the most incredible, um, I guess, example of the American dream that I know. Um, so my mom is Swedish, Haitian, um, African-American and Native American. Oh, wow. Um, and so she is just United Nations and a human. And essentially, you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically. Okay. Now, uh, tell me about growing up in Chicago. I know we've spoken about this before, but you grew up in a suburb. Yeah. I believe you mentioned it was like you were like one of the only few black kids in the neighborhood. What was that like? Yeah. I. And how did you think? Sorry. How do you think that kind of like molded who you are now. Yeah, I definitely went to a predominantly white school. Um, I mean, I was one of maybe three brown kids. Mm -hmm. Like, so we're including like Hispanics and Indians um, in my elementary school and middle school. And um, and they, yeah, they I guess, for me, my, what am I looking for? What, what's the word? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I always felt like I didn't necessarily fit in, obviously. I mean, like, it was beyond the, um, the color of my skin, but it also was the fact that, you know, my, my gaze and my interest always led. Hell, yeah, <laughs> damn. <laughs> hey, is that a grasshopper? Or what happened, 
Now it's, it's um, like a huge insect just flew past my ear and flew into the light. It's a stink bug. It's a stink bug. All right, this is an interesting first, and she's grabbing it with her hands. There we go. They're they're like in my house always. All right. And I'm still trying to We're taking out a, 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 a bug break. <laughs> That's the first. <laughs> Thanks for playing, uh, being my hero in the saving welcome. stink bug. Why are they called stink bugs? Um, apparently, if you scare them or if you do something, they release something that smells. Thankfully, I've never had that situation. I was going to say, you would have been grabbed and like, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever. Do, you do. I'm not smelling <laughs> your hands. <laughs> you do it. Nope. Not enough. I know I'm your fine. hands smell good because you're a germaphobe. I am a germaphobe, but I will grab a bug. We'll get into that I, in a I second. mean, it's, it, it's better than squishing it and then you got guts everywhere. It's like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Um, but back yes, to, yeah, back to the topic at hand. Yes. Um, so yeah, what, what I was trying to say earlier is that, you know, even though I was one of three, I, I still didn't necessarily feel like I fit in with those three. I mean, that's not very many options for you either. <laughs> no, it's okay right? You it's like, like you fit in. so I just, I, you know, I just felt like this, this, um, you know, lone wolf, I guess. And, um, yeah, I, I always knew that I wanted to leave, like immediately. <laughs> and did you always know New York was where you want to go, just a big city in general? It wasn't even or a big city. I just, I knew that I needed to get out of the suburbs. Like, mm. not even, not even out of Chicago, not even out of the Midwest. My, my sights were not on anything that was grand or, you know, expansive. It was really just like, I know that this isn't it. Right. I love my parents and I love their choice to, to move us there. Um, and, you know, to speak to that for a quick second, like I did go to one of the top school districts in the country at the time, which meant that my education was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and being put in that situation where I am only one of three or when I got to high school, my high school was huge. Um, my graduating class was 1,100 students. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we used to joke that I, it, our school looked like an airport, basically, because there were like glass terminals really? that connected buildings. It was way now, too much. Is that like the parts of Chicago that like those 80s John Hughes movies would take place, like the suburbs or in my... That would require me to know that reference. <laughs> make a joke on my age. No, but I mean, if that's where it leads like Ferris to. Bueller, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Business. Yes, 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 yes. All right, hundred percent. I got a question about because uh, I heard somebody. Somebody I, I watched a video. They went to a school in Chicago. One of the schools was actually in like an um, almost like a high rise building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the city, yes. I I went to school and grew up outside of the city. It was about um, like a thirty minute drive from downtown. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, the school was huge for no reason. Um, and yeah, I, I, I knew that I could not stay there as soon as I graduated. And so I left. How did your brother feel about it? And you, your older brother, right? Yeah. He yeah. hated it. We hated both hated well. it. What, like, what it, was, what, I mean, he must have left before you did, he, right? I mean, did he go to college for Yeah, he, he, he left. Um, he moved to Cleveland, actually. Um, and him and I just, like, we never really, again, we never felt like we belonged. We were appreciative and really um, respected the decision. But, like, we also were like, we don't fit here. Right. So we need to go figure out where we do fit. 
Um, so my brother left and went to Cleveland um, and then moved back promptly. And back to the suburbs? Back, no, 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 back to Chicago. <clears throat> okay. So he moved to the city. And um, as soon as I turned 18, I moved to the city. I moved to Hyde Park. I was like, get me out of here. So that's once you graduated high school, right? Basically, yeah. And what did you do? Did you go to college there? I went to Columbia College, Chicago. Um, I studied fashion design and marketing. Okay, I was, I was going to ask you what you studied. Okay. Yeah. Well, a little background about Amber that I know about. Um, I didn't realize you studied that. Mm-hmm. But I know you as being a model. Yep. You, were a, you are still and you're a professional model, fashion model for uh, an, an, a lingerie model? Yeah. Uh, okay. For what? How many years? Over a decade? We'll go with that, yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that, yep. yeah. Yep. So over a decade, <laughs> you've been doing that full time, and uh, now you're an entrepreneur as well. Yeah. Is this your first go around as an entrepreneur? Ye- yes. I mean, in terms of like it being a legal entity, but I mean, I've had the entrepreneurial spirit in my blood since I was a little girl. Um, what did you want to do when you were a kid? What did you see yourself doing? I wanted to start a fashion label. Really? Ever, the whole time? I started sewing when I was a little girl. My mom taught me how to sew. Okay. Um, and so I just started making like, you know, s- simple stuff like gym clothes because I looked like the floods were coming every time I got <laughs> dressed. And um, you were too tall. For the I, mean, I was a beanpole. How tall are you now? Five nine. Okay. And at fifteen, I was the same height. Like really? I mean, I'm at fourteen. Not I was me. the same height. <laughs> <laughs> what Fans were you like? Knows I was five two. Four eleven at fourteen. <laughs> four eleven. <laughs> See. See, I mean, you were 4'11", I was 5'9", and this is how my high school experience went. It's really, really? fun. <laughs> it's funny, because uh, I went to, like, a, I think it was like a, a junior high or a high school reunion, and mm. my brother and I were definitely the shortest kids in the class, and we go back and we're the tallest ones. It was There you go. Was late bloomers. Funny, funny, yeah, funny how that happens, but late bloomers, 100%. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I... I I sprouted and then like promptly stopped at. But you wanted 15. to be you wanted to be a fashion designer. But when did you get picked up as a model? I mean, you were five nine. Fifteen. 15. Really. I saw. When did you start working? At fifteen. Uh, tell me, what kind of like how did you get discovered? What kind of work were you doing then? Well, I was a total tomboy. Played sports. My in, sports you play. Um, track, volleyball, softball. Okay. What was your event in track, by the way? <laughs> I was a sprinter. Hundred meter. 200, four by two. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. I did that in college. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> no, no, no. Would I you like that, a? I did that college. Should we give you a gold star? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I did that in college not because I was recruited to, because the track team had no athletes and I was I was fast for basketball. So um, they're like, we need athletes. You don't need to practice. Just come. And I'm like, all right. Why not? <laughs> showed up. Yeah. Uh, it, it was cool, but the track athletes are on the next level athletically. It's insane. Yeah. 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 And we we trained hard mm-hmm. um, and I had no time or patience for any frilly bullshit I was not into dresses not into makeup not into fashion at all um, really I worked well, when, when did that stop because you said you were into fashion before and what when that stopped what did you see yourself doing in the future I was into sewing things for myself and that served a practical practical purpose right like it was more so out of necessity than it was for like but you said you wanted your own label from back then yes to serve a purpose, not for like, I always co- a- equated fashion with like being frivolous until I understood I that so what part it didn't what have to be separate. Did, what kind of stuff did you see yourself doing when before understanding it wasn't frivolous only? 
Because your, your, your brand now, well, I'll just go ahead. Uh, you have a, a lingerie brand in Liberté. Yeah. But it's functional, right? So it's for women who, it, it's, I guess. It's fashionable and function. Like it's, Can you it's, please describe it? Because I don't want to mess it up. Thank you. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it is a beautiful contemporary lingerie brand that's made for the modern woman, meaning it's beautiful lingerie that comes in sizes that real women are. So we we carry everything from an extra small to a double XL. We go from 32C to 38H. And you've had experience because not only were you a model, but you were also a plus size model too. For a brief stint in my career, yes. I was a curve model to be specific. But I mean, a curve model just basically means that I was a size eight, which was not ideal for the main board, right? So they're like, oh, you're a little squishy now. So we're going to put you on the curve board. Like commercial? 100%. I was. So much more happy on the curve board. But the funny thing is, is that I had gained weight because I was stressed. And as soon as I switched, I lost weight. As soon as you switched oh, to curve? To, to curve. My body was like, oh, thank God. Right. We're done. Yeah, we don't have to do this anymore. So it was like a middle ground. You have to feel comfortable. What do you do now when you're hired for modeling? I mean, I'm, I'm on the direct board. Um, so I'm, I, the industry has changed significantly. And so the industry is not about measurements and like being specifically one size and mm-hmm. fit in this box. Thanks, thankfully, um, it's changed. When, and what so made that change and when did it change? It's still evolving. Um, is, that so, is that pretty much because of all these self-image issues that have been presented thanks to the imagery we're shown? One, 100%. And mm-hmm. there, was, there was pushback, not only from models internally, but from consumers. Because women have gotten to a point in their lives where they're like, nobody looks like this. Nobody right. wants to look like this. Um, and I love the know. brands that are showing, that are putting out the, the advertisements, the imagery with no Photoshop. I'm with like, no Photoshop. wow, that looks real. And the, it's like a realistic expectation of what to see in a human being. Exactly. Yeah. So like you're seeing in ads, cellulite, stretch marks, scars, acne, you know, hair that's not perfect or, you know, a wrinkle on a, it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. these are human beings. They represent and are selling to other human beings. And especially during this this Instagram era when when a lot of women uh, I see on like Instagram model end up looking the same because of the plastic surgery they get. I saw a Times article talking about how it's all the same face they're getting. So a lot of these women I've seen on social media almost like they can all be sisters because they've gotten to work to look the same. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. 100%. But I mean, it's everyone wants to be quote unquote beautiful and beautiful in society norms is basically having a symmetrical face. And so they're going yeah, in. But asymmetry and can be beautiful. Asymmetry is beautiful. It's the uniqueness yeah. in somebody's yeah. face and their body and their existence and who they are is what makes them beautiful it's you know assimilating and becoming the same human right. it's just like have we started the stepper wife I, I switch we, we jumped off of t- uh, on a tangent but you were talking about how when you were 
18 and into sports and so on that mm. you you saw you still liked fashion but for functional purposes i liked making things i so my my feeling of like being left out or not necessarily fitting extended into clothes i couldn't go into a store and buy pants that fit me because i was four feet of legs and i just couldn't do it and so i started making pants that fit me and so that's how i started getting into fashion on that side, but I didn't think of it as getting into fashion. I was just like, I'm making pants that fit right. me. Right. Like, you had a need that you were feeling. I, exactly. I had a need. You had, yeah. Exactly. And then I realized that every woman that I knew had the same issue. I heard my mom complaining about the same thing. My best friends um, from like summer camp were complaining about the same thing. Whatever it was, I was like, oh, so I'm not alone in this. I feel like other people have the same issue. And so getting back to how I got into modeling, it's when I connected the dots. I was like, oh, so this goes together. Yeah. And so, yeah, I realized I was like, okay, people kept saying, oh, you should be a model, you should be a model. And I was like, really not for it. But, oh, you add the fact that I can make some money Great. <laughs> well, yeah, and pay for college and pay for all these other things. So, did you okay. full-time during college? Yeah. You modeled full-time? Yeah. Did you travel a lot then? No. Was it mostly um, I actually, so signed at 15, obviously didn't, I was still in high school, so there was not a lot of work that I did. Um, and castings were always interesting. My dad was my escort. Good. Um, oh, but that, I mean, it's probably better than him not coming with you. 100%. But like, you know, you've got a 6'4", you know. <laughs> you know, I, I saw photos of your father uh, and he looks very intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, intimidating. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to drop my daughter <laughs> off right here. It's uh, like, yeah. it's like, okay. I feel for any teenage boyfriends you had. Don't worry, I had none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he kind of reminds me of the, I think the soldier from Dust Till Dawn, the guy who was like, again, the reference, uh, Quentin Tarantino flick. Okay. Anyway, the guy was super intimidating. It was like a soldier. And, yeah. Uh, I saw a photo like that dude's, that, uh -huh. that's him. My, my cousins, when they were little, used to call him Shug. <laughs> Come to death, bro. <laughs> I heard this saying, I was like, wow, that's a little aggressive. He is a big teddy bear, but uh, don't piss you, him off. Yeah, exactly. Don't piss him off. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, so, um, but when I got into college, my schedule was basically open um, outside of my classes. And so my bookers pushed. You didn't, you didn't decide to follow through with sports or you just had no interest to continue? I elected to go to Columbia College Chicago, which is a liberal arts school and has no sports. Okay, gotcha. And so that was really taken out of the equation completely. And truth be told, I, you know, I had a part-time job. I had full-time school. Plus I was modeling. I was a server. I think everybody should have that, like server or dishwasher, busboy. Everyone needs to experience the service industry. One hundred percent. and understand. Oh yeah. You know what that entails. No, my first my first job, I think I got at fourteen. Yeah. I answered phones at a pizza place. Yeah, I got would my never fair share. Me to be a server for some reason, that wasn't. Presentable, I wonder I why. I don't know. <laughs> so I was a dishwasher, a busboy, and terrible at it. I mean, I was. I didn't. To this day, if I'm that passionate about something, I'm terrible at it. And I remember like, 
like having to do like the last of like the brunch dishes and I was like, I don't feel like doing it. So I hit him in the bucket and they rusted overnight or, or the, over the weekend or whatever it was. Ugh. And I got fired obviously the next day uh, or yeah. the next time. I'm like, why am I not on the schedule? Like, cause you put, cause, cause you <laughs> hid the dishes. Exactly. You're the so, dishwasher and you hid them. Exactly. I did. So okay. uh, it wasn't for me, but I do believe it was uh, an experience everyone needs to. Yeah, definitely. It, it allows you to, um, assess the situation and, you know, address it in ways that are not necessarily knee-jerk. <laughs> beyond, beyond that, it makes you understand the person who's serving you and the kind of work they got to put in. So, yeah. at least in the United States, when it comes to tipping, you understand why it's important to tip yeah. and what they're doing in order to earn that tip. Yeah, because yeah. what a lot of people, if you have never worked in the service industry, you don't know that they're not getting base minimum wage. Yeah. You know, like the the pay that they would take home without tips yeah. might be like $2 an hour. And you're like, what? Yeah. So <laughs> did you did you end up, you, gradu- you graduated with a uh, fashion degree? No. So modeling picked up so much that I came to New York for a two-week job. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I know where this is going. I came I came to New York for a two-week job, and then the two-week job was like, oh, I'm just going to stay for the month. And then I decided to stay for the summer. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I kind of like it here. I'm just not going to go back. And what, what was the deciding factor? What did you love so much about New York? Like, oh, I'm going to say it was a summer, right? Yeah. So obviously, that's Summertime that's in the yeah. summer. Um, or summertime in, in New York. Yeah. Um, I would, I finally felt like I fit in. I knew no one, mm-hmm. but I felt like I fit in. Right. I was like, oh shit, there are other people that look like me who are interested in the things that I'm interested in. No one makes me feel weird about anything. Like I can geek out about, you know, Star Wars and, <laughs> you know, whatever else. And then, yeah. you know, switch the topic to traveling abroad and, you know, baking. Like, it, And no one cared. Everyone was interested. Everyone was engaged. And no one felt like they were a cookie cutter copy of right. the next person. Which is what we see in the Midwest because sometimes they just, I mean, a lot of places outside of big yeah. cities you don't see the diversity and people you know it's intimidating to be stepping out of the, out of the norm and being different from everyone else so yeah. I understand it yeah but like you like I definitely value the diversity in New York City yeah um, the fact that you can find a niche for something you're interested in no matter who mm, you are. no matter what it is exactly who you are what you look like where yeah. you came from um, so what was uh, what was your brother doing at that time did he, did he move back to Chicago and stay in Chicago, or was he moving around? No, no, no. He moved back to Chicago. He stayed in Chicago. Um, he ended up working for the Illinois Institute of Art as a admissions director. Um, and didn't he have a kid? You have a nephew? I have a nephew. And when was... Uh, how long ago... Wait. You moved to New York. When did your brother have a kid? Um... He had Jalen, or Jalen was born, um, before I left. Mm. So, um, just before I left, actually. Oh, so you were, what, how, how old were you when you left? 22. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Yeah. And so I had this amazing little nephew who like stole my heart and I was like, no, right. <laughs> I have to leave. Um, who just turned 16, by the way, who looks way too grown, mm-hmm. who is towering over everyone. And I'm just like, who, who are you? What are you eating? Um, <laughs> American hormones. What happened? <laughs> what <laughs> what happened to my sweet little munchkin? Right. Um, but yeah, so he and he's in Chicago as well. Yeah, he's he's in the suburbs as well. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's a uh, God. Time flies. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. And um, so you're in New York. Yeah. What's your move? Full time model. I mean, what? Well, uh, how does your life pan out? So I I moved to New York, um, and while I loved it, New York happens to be one of the most um, beautiful, loving, and abusive relationships <laughs> I've ever been in. The city will, you know, beat you up and mm-hmm. make you feel some type of way. Yeah. Uh, I. I posted the other day. I, I I go to the city when I leave work in the morning sometimes <laughs> this is to take pictures. <laughs> and and I see random people and I'll say, Hey, good morning. I said good morning to this guy and he said, uh, Fuck you. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. I could have like some coming like, to America. Fuck you yeah. too. And you're like, wow. I uh, first I thought it was a joke when you first wrote it. But I'm like, you know what? Well, bams, some dude told him that for sure. Yeah. 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 So, you know, my first year, I'm I'm probably I'm sure to have had a similar experience because like walking in straight from Chicago, like I'm uber bubbly and like right. way too nice. And I <laughs> say hello to random people. And I make far too much eye contact. And so that's so funny. When I, my first year to Ohio, I was like, I can't be the New York. I can't be that dude who's just like not talking to anyone. Let me try to go out of my comfort zone and be like a small town. Hello person. Right. Yeah. So this guy, I went to school in Ohio, was in for my first year, and this guy forgets his card to get into the building. So I'm like, open the door, hey, did you forget your card? He goes like, do I know you? And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's Ohio, not, I'm kidding. I hate okay. that place. Oh. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think my first year, I mean, I, New York like ate all my cash, I, you know, had the quintessential, you know, terrible apartment experience. I lost my deposit, blah, 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 blah. Um, So with all of this, I got very stressed. And this is when I gained weight and ended up switching to the curveboard. So my after my first year. um, This was a curveboard in your early 20s? Yeah. 23. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I stayed on the curveboard even though I was like an eight eight ten which um, is pretty much a normal size an right? average human being yeah. yeah um the the psychological <laughs> effects of modeling is a whole nother show um but yeah so switch to the curveboard and i started traveling more than i had ever traveled in my life and if anyone knows me i love to be on an airplane i love to be exploring new countries and trying new things and so it was addictive didn't you live in paris for a while i mean it basically feels like it okay um but i was trying to complete my degree in my first two years but i was traveling way too much i was like did you ever finish it no so it was it was kind of like all right well am i gonna sit in a classroom 
and try and learn all of these things? Or am I going to go to London and Italy and South Africa and have conversations with real people who are doing this while I'm also modeling? And um, I chose the the latter. Learning by experience is, I think, I mean, it depends on your learning style. It's my learning style. I learned, same with me. I mean, I I feel like, first off, (laughs) I can go back and study something else. I I ended up with a major in communications and in PR journalism. Mm. No one needs a major in PR, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Journalism, yes, I think is a great way to to learn how to better communicate. But PR, no. Uh, (laughs) If I would go back, I'd say entrepreneurship would be a nice one because mm. I would have learned how to do business plans a lot sooner yep. and all that. But yep. um, so you learn on the go. When did things kind of slow down for you? Like when I met you, how far along you you were still on the on the move, right? And you were slowing you down to start this business. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there were <laughs> I would probably still be on the move, but you know, life has a way of like throwing in you know, some, some speed bumps that, that force you to slow down and reevaluate your life. And, um, you know, I'd always had those ideas in my brain and I just, you know, brought them all back up to the surface and said, okay, well now is, now is the time, you know, you want to do something that's impactful. You want to make a, um, you know, start building a legacy and start building Mm -hmm. something that you can call your own. And, and so, yeah, when we met, I had just started just toying around with the idea of Liberté and I, it hadn't really come full circle and I didn't even know the name of it yet. I remember it. I remember a lot of those times a few years ago and, and the sacrifices you made. And uh, before we go down that route, because there's some funny moments uh, <laughs> then, um, can you, do you mind speaking on the, some of the hardships? I, I, I know some of the hardships you face yeah. and some of the things that but you, would you be okay talking about that? Yeah, I mean, I, my life has not been, you know, all sunshine and rainbows as very few people's lives are. But um, so in 2013, um, that was probably the biggest shift in my entire world. My brother passed away. Um, completely unexpectedly, he had an accident and I got a phone call from my mom and, you know, her first five questions were, are you alone? Um, to which I answered, yes, I live by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, she told me that my, my brother had passed and I was in complete shock and, um, you know, I, I don't even fully remember that day. Um, I remember calling three of my closest friends at the time and um, they came and picked up the pieces that, you know, mm-hmm. I was in and helped me get on an airplane. My cousin somehow was there. He lives upstate, but like somehow arrived to pick me up and took me to the airport and everything was arranged. Um, but that getting on that flight really sent me into um, a place that I did not expect, obviously. Um, And it changed the trajectory of my entire life. When you say it sent you to a place you didn't expect, can you just be more specific? Like, are you talking about like reflecting on the path you're going on and taking a pause and reevaluating your life? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, something going through and experiencing something so profound, it 
there's no choice but to change. Um, and I think I take things a lot more seriously than I used to. Um, I know what's at stake even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I have a love of life and, you know, addiction to adventure, um, there's also a, a greater sense of responsibility because, you know, I've, I, it's just me and my nephew mm-hmm. after, after everything's said and done. And, you know, my nephew comes after me and I, I want to give him everything my brother wanted him to have. So, you know, I went to sleep. I think it was NBA finals. I was at 40-40 with like a bunch of friends having an epic evening. Uh, I think I actually, (laughs) this was when I was actually on Twitter and on social media, um, tweeted like I was on cloud nine and had no intention of coming down. Like I was living a life that was, you know, had no responsibility, had no, um, no connection to anyone or anything. And, um, and then the next morning, that all changed. Yeah. I don't want to imagine that, Percy. Uh, no. But um, I think I met you, what, two years after that? Um, I think you met me maybe just over a year after okay. that. But anyone who met me at that point in time did not meet me. <laughs> they met a shadow version of me right. um, that was still trying to figure out which way was up. Well, yeah, I remember I could tell, and I didn't know when I met you, obviously, I didn't know about that story, yeah. but I knew you seemed like you're looking for the direction you were trying to figure out, trying to figure out your life, right? Yeah, A yeah. lot of us are. Um, but I remember what was impressive about it was I think once you, you, you kind of had the, the plan about Liberté, your, your fashion line, mm. And what I was impressed with was how you put everything you had into it. I mean, literally, you stopped modeling because you know you can't do both at the same time, 100%. You put yep. 100% of time in Celebrate, <clears throat> all your money, or <laughs> you being <Literally>. so broke <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell the story. You were so broke. So broke. And we've been, in, we've, I, I have tons of stories about being broke too, but I admire you because uh, we're members of Soul House, and that's where we met. And uh, Soul House, prior to the pandemic, had the candy bar. Yeah. It was free for everyone to grab. And you can yeah. donate a quarter if you want to, but no one yeah. did it. And you, you were so broke, that was your lunch. Your, yeah, and yeah. You, had a, you have a major sweet tooth, and so do I, so yeah. we, can, we, can, we can relate on that. But yeah. you're... I mean, it was my lunch as long as I was at Soul House. Let's be clear. Like, I could have gone to lunch, but, like, but Soul gonna, House was my office. Right. So I'm like, order off this menu. Which, which you've had a million times, and... and not even had a million pricey. times. Like I'm not paying, you know, at that point in time, I was not paying $24 for like some tiny ass pasta. little sandwich. <laughs> I was like, toast. I'm not doing this. Like, right. absolutely not. I'm going to eat breakfast before I mm-hmm. leave the house. And if I'm hungry, I'm going to hit up the candy bar and, you know, order tea or sorry, but, you know, order hot water and a bag of hobnobs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Bring that. me those hobnobs. And, and I benefited from that as well. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> But, but I feel like a superpower people have that, that's not really spoken about is the ability to suffer. Yeah. What I mean by that is 
is to be able to sacrifice your lifestyle or lifestyle you want because people can easily live the lifestyle they want and they can't and not afford it at the same yeah. time and suffer and that's that's a skill and that or maybe that's even like an innate ability that you can't teach yeah you can't teach to suffer no and and you put yourself in a decision to suffer now for success or suffer then for success now i'm doing it and, again and you're doing it again but but at the same time <laughs> model entrepreneur and now uh into real estate into real estate uh, and i'm not talking about she doesn't sell real estate mm. she's buying real estate yeah um and that wouldn't happen without grinding. And honestly, you probably could have not purchased that property and lived uh, a lifestyle that's a little smoother, you know, now and have more money to buy. Yeah. Uh, soul house food, right? I mean, you know, or nice shoes. Right. Like, but you, you have, the, I mean, you get those for free, let's be honest. But uh, not always. <laughs> but but all serious, all jokes aside, um, the ability to suffer and, and sacrifice for the future is not is something that most people don't have. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. Uh, we we're describing the, the willpower it takes, right? And, yeah. and if you can control what you eat, right? That's yeah. huge. What you put in, he's talking about how he can starve himself at will. I'm like, you know what? I think I could do that too if I had to. Like, you know, I know I can, but yeah. I'm not saying that I would, but like that kind of willpower is mm. is what i think people who it's like a formula for people to, to who have that trait to be able to succeed right because you can yeah. put yourself through anything knowing that you have a goal in mind and you're so driven and tied to that goal that you're willing to do whatever it takes well and you have that here's the thing you know i put my my life and how i look at everything is based on perspective mm -hmm. right what is sacrificing you know a, a lunch every day at Soho House or I mean you, you did know, more than that you, you got rid of your apartment you new, got rid of everything new clothes yeah no you're you, you are 100% right I it was much you, more than you, lunch I gave up my apartment I gave up couch surfing staying in people's apartments like mine and getting the flu yeah, and all I know <laughs> I, I, I sold every nice bag yeah. every nice coat every nice pair of shoes that I, I bought I mean I worked my ass off and, you know, liked nice things. And yeah. I still like nice things. And I have no qualms about, you know, back when Barney's used to be a thing, going there and, you know, dropping my paycheck because that's what I wanted to do. But I, when you wake up one day and your whole life has involuntarily shifted, everything comes into perspective. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you attribute that change largely to your brother's passing my willingness to make myself that uncomfortable yes because nothing will ever be that level of discomfort that level of pain that level mm. of of uncertainty and anxiety nothing right. nothing has ever matched that and you know i hope nothing ever comes to me right. that that would um but yeah, hell yeah. If I, I, I sat, so at my brother's funeral, I made him a promise and that's, I would build a legacy for the both of us, not just for myself, but for the both of us. And I can't do that or fulfill the promises I made to, you know, take care of Jalen and, you know, take him on trips and do all the things that him and I didn't necessarily get to do when we were little and and follow through on, through on that without making those sacrifices and so definitely i mean there were 
other factors into giving up my apartment. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely made a conscious decision to, after my credit cards were maxed, my mutual fund was liquidated. Um, I had nothing left in the savings account, nothing left in my checking account. Um, my only expense that I was managing to pay was my, was my rent every month. I made just enough to cover my rent and I said, well, I, I need a little bit more in the bucket to make this a thing. And I had nothing else I could give up. I had sold all my bags. I had sold all my shoes, all my coats. And you sold, you sold all this stuff because you already had decided to do Liberté. Right. Yeah, and I said if I wasn't willing to bet on myself, then I was to say you bet on yourself 100 percent, and yeah, I haven't seen I literally like I piled everything up. I was like, I'm all in. I, I remember. I got nothing left. I remember. <laughs> like, you want and, the shirt then, on my back? Like, take it. And you put you bet on yourself so heavy, or put all the chips in that I mean, it paid off. You started getting uh, press and awareness for your mm-hmm. brand, and then you you got certain. Um, people reaching out to you to, to, to be part of it somehow and yeah and it's going great now I mean you've also you've also picked up some of the modeling here and there but yeah. like I think that also kind of helps you in a, in a way uh with with Liberté 100 yeah. percent I I mean it was not as smooth as you just made it seem which is very lovely thank you <laughs> um <laughs> there were definitely some 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 you know speed bumps and some detours. And oh, I mean, I know that. Like, that's, that's yeah. I've, I, we've spoken about yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Uh, um, so, and I think I'm glad you brought up the fact that it wasn't so smooth because the depiction of that from the outside makes it seem that way. But talk about some of the, the hardships and how it wasn't because I feel like people see social media and see people's success without seeing the effort, the, the failures, the, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I, I feel like in the next in the first quarter of next year, I want to talk about about yeah. outsiders from this year. Yeah. Certain failures. I don't want to say failures, but like bumps in the road that they're never failures. They're no. always lessons. I agree. I agree. But yeah. As much as share I it because it's important for people to see that. Yeah. You know? I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to slap every single person that tells me that when I'm in the middle of it and just like No, I, I hear you because <laughs> you don't want to hear because it's frustrating <laughs> yeah. for sure. But it, people People, because it's depressing when you feel like you're the only one going through these bumps yeah, no, and bruises, I, right? I mean, I, I put all I had into Liberté, which it completely paid off. Um, I secured investment. I, I managed to raise more money than I had even fathomed. Um, and we were off to the races. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And I was trying to, you know, champion Made in New York. And one of my biggest and earliest epic failures was my first production in New York City. Um, The entire thing failed quality control and the entire production had to be scrapped. What do you, where'd you end up producing after? Asia. I feel like, I mean, as much as we want to produce stateside because it benefits the economy. We don't have it. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the people. We don't have the know-how or the technology. And as much as I would back it, I mean, hands down, 100%, I'll pay the extra. <coughs> Why? Mm. Because I don't have to meet the minimums. I don't have to worry about tariffs. I got, so <laughs> that was another one. Like, moved to Asia and got caught in, in the trade war and got mm. hit with insane tariffs. So I'm happy to pay a premium to have made in America or made in New York, but 
at the end of the day, we have not invested in or value that enough to have made it a priority. And until that happens, unfortunately, it's going to have to, I mean, for underwire bras and what I do specifically, it has to be overseas. Um, I mean, truth of the matter is, no matter where you are in your business, there's always bumps to the road. Yeah. And life is about, it's a constant struggle, right? And, it and keeps it interesting. It does, but also it keeps you sharp. I, I, I saw my, my cousins were here from Paris, and you saw them. Yeah. And we had a discussion about, um, about you know, being retired, age, and uh, mental health in the sense of like actual brain function, right? Uh-huh. And when retiring, it's important to always challenge yourself. I mean, always, always challenge yourself. Once you stop challenging yourself, it's yeah. a muscle. It goes away. Yeah. And it goes downhill fast. Yeah. So, you know, people who never retire or retire and find more work and always challenging. Like my mom, I was like, mom, chill, relax. She's always on a project at home. I realized like, you know what? That's good. That's a good thing. Don't ever, you always have to be working. Always have to stop. And think about it. It sounds exhausting, but at least when, when you get to a certain point in your life, you can kind of take it on your own terms when need be, but always push forward. Yeah. Like you can, you can put in, you can put in work without needing to put up with bullshit of right. like, you know, managers or, you know, right. whatever More in your is. terms, but always challenge yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, it sounds exhausting, but think about it. Like, you would never be sitting on your butt doing nothing either. You drive yourself crazy. I, I actually don't know if I know how to do that anymore. I, I it's, have to agree. I'm actively trying to, right. like, sit still. It's funny. I, was, I, was, I, I just came back from uh, Stockholm, trying to build Stockholm, and, and I got home. I was like, you know what? I need to take, I'll take a couple of days. But, you know, the week around Christmas, I'll, I'll do nothing. And I'm like, I wake <laughs> yeah, up, right. I'm like, <laughs> do nothing. Like, Who does that? I know. I mean, I, I don't know how. Like, I'm like, my mind, I'm like, all right, my competitor, I'm not moving forward. I'm failing. Mm. You know, I mean, this might be an extreme view and it might be motivating a motivating factor and I don't quite like being motivated by fear. Yeah. But at the same time, also also love the work. You know, I love the challenge yeah. as well. So finding something that you end up loving and you seem to have found that. I I definitely I definitely have found it. Especially with your new venture too, real estate. Because you're working like a horse right now on that. Tell us. Yeah. So, so, uh, Amber has recently purchased property yep. in, um, in Hudson, New York, Hudson, New York. And yeah. it's something that we might, uh, tie together with something with outsiders. We've spoken about that. We'll talk mm-hmm. more about it, but, um, I could see you, I mean, the place is gorgeous. You've got great taste, but I could see Thank that you. being your next step in your career. Not to say that you'd leave Liberté alone, yeah. But it's something where I can see you also excelling in. It's definitely um, a passion of mine. And um, for anyone who knows me closely, we always joke I'm Bob <laughs> the Builder, mm-hmm. like the, the female version of Bob the Builder. It also helps that you're like, uh, in a positive way, OCD, right? So you're Super detail OCD. oriented, which shows in your place. Yeah. Thank and you. And your business as well. Thank you. I mean, probably every aspect, which is probably why you're hired as well as a model, because you're detail oriented. Probably not, not so much as a good model, looking but too. Yeah, but yeah. It's like probably not as a model, but it definitely helps with um, with the quality of the products that you know I put out with Liberté as well as the house. Um, I'm also really hands-on, and I've realized that I am my my most happy when my hands are in it. Whether it's you know, like I'm doing a fitting or 
um, helping with technical design, or in the case of the house, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got my hands in everything. And so, um, you know, ever since I was a little girl, my, my dad always kind of treated me like a little boy. And so he was a carpenter by hobby, Mm -hmm. an electrical engineer by trade, but um, you know, when he wasn't building computers in the basement or tinkering on some other things, he was doing all of the repair work and carpentry work in the house. So he built our kitchen cabinets. He installed all, all of our floors. He repaired all of the holes me and my brother put in the walls. The <laughs> holes you guys put in the walls? Okay. Yeah, we had an eventful childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so he taught me how to do all of it. And so when I decided to purchase the house... I realized that I knew how to do just about everything I needed done. That's amazing. And it was a bit of my stress release. Um, and so I, I dove in head first and tole, tore the whole house apart. Like I literally tore the whole house apart. I think I had two weeks of demo. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I know you were told not to tear everything apart. So, yeah. <clears throat> I sometimes have selective hearing. Yeah. I've been told. <laughs> well, it came out great. Uh, I do have some questions to ask you uh, yes. about you personally. So okay. what does success mean to you? Like, what, how do you evaluate success? Um, success to me is the ability to provide for myself and the people that I love while maintaining a level of mental stability and happiness. If I have all the money in the world and I can pay everything and or pay for everything and provide, but I'm profoundly unhappy and mentally unstable, that's not success. What makes you happy? Getting my hands dirty. Work makes you happy? What else? Like actually, well, I mean, so yeah, getting my hands dirty, meaning like, yes, being tangibly connected to my work, um, traveling and, you know, eating my way through everywhere I travel. (laughs) It's a great way to learn the culture. I think uh, we haven't traveled yet, right? Have have I seen you in another place other than New York? No, we keep missing each other in Paris. Paris, yeah. All right. Well, that's the place is a great place to eat your way through a city. No kidding. Um, uh, I, well, I already kind of got your goals and dreams. Um, what is a dream that you've yet to achieve? Like, and it could be really anything. It doesn't have to be in line with what you're doing business wise now or or even, you know, securing financial stability for your family. What is a, a, a dream? Any dream? Ah. Uh. I want to get back on an airplane without COVID. Jesus. Mm. I think that's a dream all of us have. That, Go that sit travel. in a hammam in Morocco. Mm. Like I've always wanted to go to Morocco. That is a dream of mine. We I did that with outsiders and you missed that, but we're going to do it again. <laughs> Just take it in. We're going to do it again. <laughs> I've already decided we're going to do it. I think 2023 we're going to do it. Hold me to it. I think we're going to do it again. I will hold you to it and I and will join. Egypt, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Definitely want to go back to Egypt. Um, But yes, outside of travel dreams, my dream is to be financially stable enough where I can like actually learn to sit down. Do you want a family? Yes. So that's a a dream, right? 
I didn't realize we were going like through the whole gamut of like, no, no, no. But I, I guess, I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean, I got a slew of them, so we can talk all uh, night. I guess whatever, whatever, whatever stands out as uh, a, a dream that you must achieve in life. So, yeah, I mean, obviously. well, I mean, so yes, I, I, I want to have a family, whatever that looks like. Um, I've never been like super pressed on marriage. I'm. I find the whole construct a bit um, archaic, mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, I'm open to it, but it's not. You're talking like the, the legal act of marriage? The legal act of marriage where like, a, like I need to have a, the government tell yeah. me about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You do it for tax purposes, essentially. Uh, oh, that yeah. makes it so romantic. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, since you put it that way, where's my ring? <laughs> Um, yeah, and that, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It is, it's definitely, um, a dream of mine, but it's not necessarily one I'm actively seeking. It's like, what do they say about like ladybugs? You go and lay in the field and you, like, you look for them and they, they're not there, but right. like you, you relax, you lay down and like all of a sudden you're covered with ladybugs. Gotcha. It's, it's like if it if it happens, yeah. it happens. If it comes That's to me, right. then so it and then it does. To it is a way to be not searching for it because then if you search, you kind of settle. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely not going to happen. Right. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 my ultimate goal and my ultimate dream is to build a legacy. I want to have something that is here after I'm gone, and something that's here to you know, speak to everything that I'm, I'm working towards and everything that I stand for now. Um, I don't want it just to be for my lifetime. I want it to be bigger than that. And so that's my ultimate goal. That's a great answer. And I think, I think everyone with motivation and so on can, wants to leave this earth with having made an impact, right? Make a change. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, And it's funny, um, I saw my friend Brent, who you know, Mm. and he was telling me about this book, uh, Basically, the gist is, and this makes perfect sense, but the purpose of life, the meaning of life is to have purpose. Yeah. And if you have purpose, it means, like, for me, you have to have impacted the world somehow with yeah. your purpose. So uh, I'm trying to do the same with, with Outsiders, um, which brings me to the next question. What's mm-hmm. your favorite part of Outsiders? You've, you've partaken in a lot of uh, adventures early on, and yep. I know you got really busy with work, but you do, you do come on at least once a year. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite part? And I don't mean just like favorite activity. You could say that as well. But like, what's your favorite part of Outsiders? I think for me, it it forces people out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have busy lives. We all do things. You are the There's king a of bugs. On the mic. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm do, I'm have you showered like today? Something episode. He didn't shower today. Is it bugging up? Being all itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's like a hive in the lights. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Buffalo on the mic. I mean, it's your first time here. Maybe it's you. Ah, uh, yeah. You live in the I sticks now. I do live in the sticks. <laughs> Temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah. Anyway, before um, we get like another station, let's continue. Ha, ha, ha. Um... <laughs> <laughs> This, no, this but like no, no lie. Like if if they were from my house, they'd be little black and red bugs that oh, happened. Those are the uh, the Japanese, uh, 
The no, Asian. No, they're not the Asian beetles. I no. They're something like elder or something. They like the aluminum siding because it's warm. I had pest control. I was like, what the fuck is uh, on my yeah, house? Okay. And they were like, oh, they like the warmth. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, get them off my house. Damn, okay. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, you, you were saying about outsiders. Outsiders, yeah. yes. Um, everyone lives very busy lives. And so we don't necessarily take the time to get out of our comfort zone. And especially now where everyone is glued to their phones, right? Everyone's walking around like a zombie looking Guilty. at. Yeah, yeah, me too. But everyone that comes to an outsider event is not only encouraged, but like basically forced just out of like the interaction that everyone's having to put their phone down, to make eye contact, to have a conversation yeah. with a person that I you've mean, never people met. People do uh, take their phones out to capture moments, right? Yes. But they're not on the phone the whole time. They're not glued to their yeah, phone no. and, you know, trolling Instagram or right. whatever else. Um, they're engaged in the moment and it's just really wonderful to be with a group of people that are connecting to the present and not necessarily, you know, distracted by the tertiary yeah. bullshit of whatever's not important and isn't ha even happening now. Yeah, and, and I, I do, once again, I have to thank you because when we first launched, and I said it early, earlier on this, uh, in this interview, but you know you're you're considered uh, I guess a micro influencer or however you want to call it an influencer. Um, That's very kind of you. Influential, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> like I don't even not, know the last so time I posted on social have, media. Like, you're not really on social media, but no. your your opinion matters, right? So thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, even though you don't like to post, you would post for us, and yes. you show up and you'd spread the word. And uh, from the beginning, which was what. Five six years ago, I think you came in the second year, and and uh, every bit helped from yeah. you and anyone else who was involved. Then, so here we are now, partly because of you. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. And it was honestly, it's it's a pleasure. Like for me, it's it's not important to post my day or my outfit or my food. Like frankly, I Unless barely you're in Paris, give a fuck. Then you can post food. But then I yeah. yeah. <laughs> fair yeah. um it's worth it um but when people that i care about are are putting their blood sweat and tears and their soul into something and building it like hell yeah i'm gonna post about it yes i'm gonna show up i'm gonna be there i'm gonna support and put money into it where and when i can and and champion people who are going against the grain and you know putting themselves out there in a way that is not always easy and um yeah, I just, I, I'm happy that I can show up for, for you and everyone else that I know that's putting and, in work. And uh, we, we feel the same way about our members, including you, and, and we, anyone who's part of the Outsiders, if you have a project, you're working on something, we're a community, and the, po the point of this community is to also uplift each other and get some promo for you through us. We're happy to 100%. do so. Because if we could feature you guys through our platform, uh, it just means we're getting the success, what we see as success yeah. in our eyes. So you guys promoted Liberté, and yeah. then we did a um, promo code just for outsiders. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how help, but putting it out there, I'm happy. Anytime you have something like that, please let me know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a standing discount, but I mean, really, I can, what yeah, is? Yeah. Do you remember it? So I we can do not remember it, but I will make sure to tell you. Yeah, we'll put it in the. It will, we'll put it on the interview uh, in yeah. the description so that you can 
those of you interested, uh, tell the website again. It's www.liberté.co. C-O, right? C-O. Okay. Yeah. So those interested will put the uh, Outsiders uh, discount code or, yep. or I don't know if you want to call it a discount code, but a yeah, code yeah. there. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, a great, it's a great product for uh, ladies who want to find something that actually fits. Yeah. 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 I mean... Look, if, uh, if there's a guy out there that really feels inclined, I'm sure we can work something out. Well, no, of course. <laughs> I mean, if whatever they want to wear, right? Uh, <laughs> speaking of going against the grain and, uh, and, and really putting themselves out there, I want to shout out Bams because he's been doing some amazing photography and hey. video work. Obviously, this wouldn't be non-existent without him, but like he's, I've known Bams. We grew up together, so I've known him for a long time. And, I love it. And uh, I always feel like I want to acknowledge the fact that he's, really doing some amazing stuff and anytime you want to like build tables for fun i've <laughs> got a whole house that um could definitely well you let me know when where and what time and i'll be there awesome, but awesome. You, should, you should actually go to her house it's really she's done a great job but plus getting out of the city if you want to make rustic stuff that looks like this hey look i'm <laughs> i've got you gotta it. see her place she's actually has a vibe like that so yeah yeah it's it's uh Farmhouse chic, we'll go with well, that. Farmhouse that, modern. I mean, that's kind of where I went with the table. It's kind of like yeah. a farmhouse type chic. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like bar, almost like a barn door-ish. Uh, I literally, it looks like somebody, you, I cut the floor out of somebody's apartment. Yes, and the it, it does. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Somewhere's, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like, great. I, I like it a lot. And, and again, like, uh, just feel like giving credit where it's due. Uh, another last question before we get into our five rapid fire questions is, okay. what is your most embarrassing moment? Oh yeah, let's hear. There's so many. I'm a Sag, and I am profoundly clumsy. For anyone Sagittarius, for those who aren't uh, familiar with the term Sag, (laughs) (laughs) fair. For those who don't ask you what time you were born, yeah, (laughs) right. What hemisphere? (laughs) Um, I am profoundly um, clumsy, but I think my most embarrassing moment. I was, I think I was. 18 or 19 in this like for whatever reason this is the first thing that still pops in my in my mind I was on a date and we were at the movie theaters right like and I had already graduated high school I had moved into my apartment I was like completely feeling myself I was like 18 I got this like I'm so cool hell yeah I'm in the city now and like whatever my boyfriend at the time lived in in Cleveland Go figure. Um, And so we were going out on a date. He took me to the movies. He's holding, God, we're both holding popcorn and soda, right? So like we're walking up the stairs and I trip and I completely bust my ass and like drop half the popcorn. (laughs) I was like, okay, that's excusable. It's fine. You're walking up the stairs and you still trip. Good for you, but it's okay. Two steps later, I trip again and drop everything. Oh my God. <laughs> I had no reason to. Like I was not, um, I was not uh, inebriated. I had. It was clearly lit. There was no reason for me to be just like falling. I think over Javier myself. still owns the title of most embarrassing moment. Javier, you, I'm not sure if you heard, but Javier's most embarrassing moment was. I mean, I was crying. So he, he, I think he was in high school at the time with mm. tearaway pants, right? Oh, shit. So, so he's getting on the bus, the school bus, and the door closes with a, a piece of the tearaway pants caught, and he walks up the stairs and whoosh, no more pants. Please <laughs> tell me he had boxers on. 
I think you, I think you might have Teddy Whitey's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Shout out to Javier for thankfully sharing that story. Oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's, a, that's that's a better one than mine. I'm pretty sure I've got. We've got a few good I've ones, gone. but Javier's I think takes the cake for sure. That's fair. That's All right. fair. So uh, before before we go into uh, into the five rapid fire questions, is there anything that I haven't asked you you'd like to share with the audience or by yourself? Anything? It could be anything you want to talk. I have no idea. I mean, I'm there's so much that we didn't cover. Let's talk a little about it. We don't have to rush into the, the questions um, now. I don't, I mean, where do I even start? Um, my love of plants. You do have a green thumb. I've got a, th- a green thumb. I'm, I'm uh, putting a garden in the in the backyard. Nice, okay. Like a proper garden. Anything else that... Uh, no, I, it's just going to be me talking about myself for no reason. No, we'll, we'll t- <laughs> we're here to learn, <laughs> learn about you, so give me some info if there's um, anything else you want to share. No. You're, you're a new skier. That's I am a new skier, and yeah. I'm so excited to go out yeah. this year. We've got, got a my few boots. More. Actually, we may have stuff every other weekend. We're working on a deal right now, so we'll have something for you. And being I that bet. you don't live. Uh, Hunter Window. Okay, that's yeah. 30 minutes exactly. from the house. Um, Shout out to anyone who needs a ski rental. Ski rental. Oh, uh, yeah, because that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, That's so right. what Jeremy did not get into is that I'm not living in Hudson for life. I'm not gonna move up there and become an old cat lady. I purchased the house to be a rental property, um, either monthly rental um, for families or people that want to, you know, get out of the city for a month at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, work from home vibes. Or Airbnb. And it's only 30, 40 minutes from the mountains. So and it's only 30, convenient. 40 minutes from the mountains. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's enough random facts. We'll have to have you back here to, to get we, some other stuff. We but don't need to have any more random facts. In the facts, meantime, uh, five rapid fire questions. You obviously know how that works. Are you ready? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> let's go. Uh, what's your favorite city other than New York City? Paris. Okay. I had a feeling that was Paris. Uh, I wonder. Um, <laughs> if you could do any other profession, what would it be? Out of the three that I already do? Anything else? Oh, shit. Um, I would be a florist. I can see that. Mm. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Germs. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Outside of germs. <laughs> um, it's actually not germs. It's dirt. Like, I just don't like dirty people or things. That's okay. fair. What's your biggest fear, though? My biggest fear is um, fear of rejection. Wait, Ooh. hang on. You don't like dirt, but you're doing a garden. There's a, there's a difference between, like, dirt that soil. comes from Gar- soil yeah. and, and, like, filth, okay. right? Like, right. New York City filth, yes, you will come into my house and you will take off your shoes. However, I will definitely run around my backyard barefoot. I know it technically doesn't make sense, but no, my does. backyard does the not have not necessarily vomit, homeless people pee. We can dog make that shit. happen. <laughs> I have cameras now. Thank you very much. Okay, so <laughs> that's your biggest fear. Okay. Um, what's your vice? Bread. Bread? That's your vice? <laughs> yes. What's your favorite food? Bread. <laughs> <laughs> so food, food is your vice. Um, bread specifically. Really? And bread. are you are you uh, gluten free? No. Hell no. Okay. 
Oh, you, it's dairy, right? I don't eat cheese. Okay. Have not been able to give up butter. Gotcha. So, like, so your possible. your your favorite meal, I get not meal, but like you go to as you're always happy with is bread and butter. We we spoke about this in the past. Oh, like I can wake up in the morning and just have bread and butter. I can have bread and butter for lunch. If that's all I have for dinner, I'm totally okay with that too. She, her favorite city is Paris, and she gets bread and butter. I'm convinced she's like French? in her past life French. Yes. Absolutely, either that or Italian. Oh, true. Anyone yeah. with good taste, right? You could be Italian and like it. I'm just saying, who doesn't like this? I, you're supposed to share that with me too. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Damn. So she likes, and this is bread from Balthazar. Okay. No, she's a fancy one this week. Uh, apparently, it's not that great, though. It's a little hard, but... Uh, it's supposed to be crispy. Yeah. Hopefully, there's no uh, bugs flying into this one. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the simple things in life. And is that is that like a favorite butter of yours as well? Because, I mean, butter is important. Um, butter is important. Do, do you like salted butter or, or non-salted? Um, I, I don't talk to people who like unsalted butter. It's just weird. Thank you. <laughs> Growing up, that, 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 I don't know. That's kind of hurtful. Now the problem is. Oh wait, are you an unsalted, no, no, unsalted saying, butter person? Unsalted butter people. That's like you know. My mom is. I had to grow what? up eating. I had to grow up eating butter that wasn't salted. And but when I used to go to my dad's house, it's salted butter. She's like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, mom. Why? Why do you do this to me? <laughs> no, but but really, there's a big difference. I just wish that we were so like into it um, that we had like multiple types of salted butter. Like you go to France and you get the demi-salted, the mm-hmm. you know extra coarse salted. It's just like, why do I have nine mm-hmm. options of salted butter? But I'll take it. Thank you. No complaints. Why not have flavored salt? I mean, we have it there, but like, was it violet flavored salt and lavender? Lavender, lavender salt. I don't know. Yes, please. All kinds of good yes, stuff. Yes, please to all of it. And you know, frankly speaking, I don't know. Yeah. This just makes me so happy. Me too. And I'm very happy right now. I'm very hungry. And I'm going to eat this. But I want to thank you for sharing your story. I really thank you for sharing some of the personal moments about You're your welcome. life. Um, and hopefully it helps people who are watching who, under, who, who don't get to see people's hardships when they watch social media. And mm-hmm. this is a testament to the fact that everyone experiences this. There's no straight line up to success. and no, no, or. No. or and life isn't always full of uh, happy, joyful moments, but mm-hmm. those tough moments will shape you, and and you seem to be doing very well. They provide meaning to the happy moments. Mm-hmm. Like, there's can't, more depth there. Yeah, I mean, uh, on a very basic level, you can't appreciate a sunny day without some rainy days, right? Yeah. But uh, I'd love to have you back. Uh, we want to know about the progress of your business, the real estate ventures, and Absolutely. all the other stuff you're going to end up doing, because I know that's not it. No, it's so, definitely not. So um, thank you for coming, and... Uh, Come back again. See you guys.